Hey, this is Jordan Beal. Welcome to the Rock of Grace podcast from our Kinsman campus. We are passionate about leading people to follow Jesus together, and we're so glad that you're opening the Word of God with us today. I pray God speaks to your heart. Well, today we're talking about uh, the fruit of the Spirit, and this is a um, this is our sermon series for July. And uh, I'm excited to jump into what is the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you, just curious, I know, I know so many of you, but some of you are, are still new to our church family. How many of you grew up maybe hearing about the fruit of the Spirit? Maybe it was on a flannel board and it's like falling off the board. Anybody? All right. And so just um, in case anyone's not awake, I'm going to wake you up. So get ready for the fruit of the Spirit. Good job. Good job. Dude, give him a hand. Give him a hand. I told him before service he should be in one of those gladiator movies or like the Vikings. I just feel like it's, he, he has like a sword in his hand, right? Just be like, wow. But uh, anyway, so the fruit of the Spirit is a beautiful, powerful thing. And we're going to talk about love and joy uh, today. So turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 3. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians 3. And as you're turning there, I want to just kind of tell you the four things that I'm going to tell you. All right, so I try to do that. So here's the four things I'm going to tell you today. Then we're going to reiterate them. Love is what God is. Love without action is only sympathy. Love remains, and love brings joy. All right, so love, uh, let's actually just all say it out loud, because if you forget the rest of the sermon, I, I don't want you to forget these things. Let's all say it out loud. Love is what God is. Love without action is only sympathy. Love remains, and love brings joy. I told the worship team this morning that um, I didn't realize my internet was down when I had written the last third of my sermon and went and filled in the gaps. And so it's about a third of my sermon that didn't upload. So when I came to print this morning, I was like, oh, that's great. Just comment, comment, expound, expound. <laughs> so I'm believing the Lord is going to help me this morning. Let me just reach your hands towards me right now and say, Lord, help him remember what he wrote. Yes. So I'm a little terrified. But uh, open to Ephesians 3, and let's read. And I might just read like 10 chapters since a lot of my notes are gone. I pray that he grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being. Everybody put your hand on your gut. That's what he means by your inner, inner being. It's where you really are, all right? Your real spirit, man. Through the spirit, everybody say spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, wow, may be able to comprehend with all the saints... Everybody look around, look at all the saints. This is just a portion of the saints, but the saints at Rock of Grace, look around. Okay, we're going to comprehend together. This is the power of, of uh, Sabbath together. Comprehend together with all the, saint, the saints the, the length, the width, the height, the depth of God's love. Do you guys know the very reason you're breathing right now is because of God's love? The reason you're not in prison right now is because of God's love. Come on, say that's your spouse, maybe, I don't know. To know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. So it's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit is what he's saying that enables us to live with one another in love. He goes on to say in Ephesians 4, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. There was that word again. So everybody say love. Making every effort 
to keep the unity of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I, I know that when the love of God is filling me, I'm making an effort to keep unity. Come on, when the love of God is filling me, Holy Spirit sometimes says, keep your mouth shut. Right? Why? To preserve unity. How many ever start writing a text and the Holy Spirit says, why don't you back up that text a little bit? Backspace. Right? Oh, just this side. Anybody over here? Come on. Did I make, am I making it too real? Is this too real? It was too, too fast. Okay, maybe I should give you like a funny story to, you know, warm you up. No, no funny story today. When you have the love of God in you, it's the love of God. So it's, the, it's, it's God's love that is deeper and richer than your love. And so your natural love, when it falls short, that's when God's love kicks in. Come on. And then he tells you to not say that thing that might cause division. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you. You know how many church splits happen because they're not rooted in love? Come on. And the texts start going. Did you hear what pastor said? Did you hear what that deacon said? Ah. And then you get in a meeting, it's like, no, that was never said. What are you talking about? Right? Love. I would say love. You know, love, one of my dad, one of the things my dad used to say a lot is really powerful is you just always, love assumes the best of people. Just assume the best of you. You miss the text, you miss the email, you miss, you know, something, you misunderstood something. Assume the best. That's loving. That's keeping the unity of peace. Amen? All right, number two, love without action is only sympathy. Right? And every, everybody can have sympathy. Right? Love without action is only sympathy. I think God wants us in the church to go far beyond sympathy and, and show real love with action. I think about Sarah Bowling. I had read her book uh, two years ago, Living in Step with the Spirit, and I was struck by what she does. Here's this, this young woman, and God called her overseas. And I know I shared this before in a, a sermon a few years ago, but I just want to share it again because it's just really... It makes, it makes point, sense with this point. She felt God wanted her to go minister to the children of the prostitutes in these brothels. So she would go and she would say, hey, while you work tonight, I'll care for your kids. And she was going in very dangerous places. Even her pastor and her church would say, I don't know if you should be doing that. You really shouldn't do that without security. And she had so much love for Jesus, she just... She said, this is what God's called me to do. And God has kept her safe all these years. And you know what happens is after the fifth, sixth, tenth time of babysitting the kids, the mom comes home and says, well, I can't believe you're doing this to, for me. Why are you caring for my kids while I'm out at work? And then they get saved. See, love without action is only sympathy. Now, when I'm reading that book and I'm hearing about her ministry called Saving Moses, I'm like, oh, Lord, my sacrifice Looks very small right now. You guys ever hear some about, you know, guys ever get inspired? You hear somebody, what, what God's doing in somebody's life and the sacrifice they're making. Because that's what love is. Love will always cost you something. Love will always cost you something. It will cost you some time, some convenience, possibly some finances. Love will always cost you something. 
But love according to the word of God, according to the person of Jesus, it's got to be real. Second Corinthians says it like this, by purity, by knowledge, by patience, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love. Everybody say sincere love. Let me put it another way. Don't say, I'm going to pray for you. Pray for them. You know, it, right there. I was out to, uh, on, on a double date with the Collins this week, and waitress comes over, getting to know her a little bit, and I just said, you know, why don't we, can we pray for you? Is there anything? And she's like, oh, God just keeps showing up in my life, and she got so excited, you know. And then we left her a 2% tip. Just kidding. <laughs> But I'm making a point. See, I try to make you laugh, and then I stab you while you're laughing. <laughs> it's kind of my, kind of my method of ministry. <laughs> no, you leave a big tip. Why? Because your love should be sincere, right? Generous, yes. When, you, when you're at the restaurant on Sunday, all the waitresses should say, I am so glad it's Sunday. But do you know, I have friends that say they hate Sunday that work as waitresses. Come on, some of you guys are not. It's true. Do you know why? That's right. Fill in the blank. Christians are cheap. <laughs> and you should stop. <laughs> right? Turn to your neighbor say, bro, you got to tip better. Well, don't say bro if it's a girl, but just say you got to tip better. Your love needs to be sincere. Yes, thank you, Adam. It needs to be sincere. It don't, and don't say, I'll pray for you. Say, can I pray for you right now? Now, don't push them down. Don't speak in tongues and spit on them. Just put your hand, just say, can I pray for you? I'm just being real. You guys okay? You guys okay with me being real? Nothing wrong with speaking in tongues, but Paul teaches very clearly on it, very clearly, 1 Corinthians, write that down, about how that's used and when that's used. And you need to be aware of who you're talking to, right? When Paul's in Athens, he's aware of who he's talking to. He says, some of your poets believe this. Some of you, you know, be aware of who you're talking to and pray with kindness and gentleness and pray blessing over their life and then bless them with a big giant tip. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, I don't know who that was for, but that was in my section marked comment. All right. Not joking. All right, turn, turn uh, to Luke, Luke chapter 5. Here's some real life, sincere love. While you're turning there, I want to tell you that this portion of the sermon was inspired by a true story of somebody in our, our church this week. I got to pray with and talk with at length to, uh, th this week. And uh, this person told me, without giving away their story, this person told me that four friends just stopped over uh, their house and surprised them with love and compassion and kindness and said, we won't let you stay in this state. We love you too much. They gave him one of those Ardeen Pentecostal points. Come on. God loves you too much for you to stay like this. And she used to tell me her story, and it was powerful. And uh, so I'm calling this section Four Crazy Friends. Here we go. Luke chapter 5. One day while Jesus was teaching... By the way, I know I used this in the sermon two weeks ago, but we talked about the man's life returning to his father to forgive him. But we're talking about the four crazy friends this time. One day while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. 
It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, as well as Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men, ca- some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. How many of you are excited for the day when church is so full, people can't even get in? Seriously, I'll be excited if they start cutting a hole. The trustees won't be. But I'm going to be like, whoo, come on, that's awesome. Right? They lowered the sick man down on the mat right in front of Jesus, seeing their faith. Oh, I could preach right there for an hour. Somebody say their faith. You know, sometimes your healing came because of someone else's faith. Right? Seeing their faith, Jesus said, young man, your sins are forgiven. Now, keep in mind, that's not his problem right now. It's his problem, but that's not what he thinks is his problem. But the Pharisees said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking. By the way, he always knows what you're thinking. So he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately everyone watched. The man jumped up picked up his mat, went home praising God, and everyone was gripped with wonder. Do you know what that means? Everybody went, right? That's what you, that, how many of you, if you knew, and a lot of times they stay at the city gate, so everybody's familiar with who he is, okay? And if he's healed, you would be just like they were shocked, Now, I want to break this passage down because I want you to understand it says some men came carrying a paralyzed man. Some translations, I looked it up, said friends. And then some translations just said men. But you have to understand that in that culture, if you were born lame or missing a limb or some sort of issue like that, you were often ostracized. You were orphaned, stranded to the streets to fend for yourself. There was a great degree of shame. In your life. And I want to tell you that God wants to restore not only your body, but your dignity. Come on. God can give you your dignity. Amen? And you have to understand these four friends were filled with compassion, with love. I want to say the fruit of the Spirit. I hope you're ready, Ray. Oh, good catch, man. Woo! He's an athlete in here. All right? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll give you the fruit. Anybody ever met one of those Pentecostals? Well, don't, let me, don't get me started on that. All right? Gifts of the Spirit are important, but the fruit is more important. Right? According to Jesus, according to 1 Corinthians 13, you can have all the gifts, but if you don't have love, Brandon, are you ready? This is slow-mo, because I, I, I know you struggle. There you go. Give him a hand. The fruit of the Spirit is, oh, I see someone who's hurting. I'm not going to say I pray for you. I'm going to pick them up and take them to Jesus. See, there's a difference. And most American Christians say, I'll pray for you. Or I'm going to get real, really real with you for a minute, so just pull your toes in. They say, oh, thank God for the government. No, the government will never solve the problems the church is called to solve. Let me say it again. You can't say, well, I pay taxes, and so they're, no, guys. If your gospel mentality doesn't work in other countries, it's not the gospel. 
The gospel works whether you're in Asia, in Europe, doesn't matter if you pay tax. You are called to show love to them. Come on. Amen? All right, Dr. Harna, you ready? Nice. Nice catch. Come on now. So when Dr. Harnett, when Dennis, when you see someone, instead of I'll pray for you, you say, hey, can I pray for you? And you get on their level, eye to eye. And in that moment, you're producing fruit. And they're seeing the goodness of, of your life. They're seeing the goodness of God. Amen? These are the fruit of the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's work and fruit includes this characteristic of love. Everybody say love. So let's just read them all. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And we're going to take another sermon another day for that line. Against such things there is no law. Because when you really think about that, that is powerful. Against such things there is no law. Wow. Those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh. Now, wait a minute. I thought you said Jesus was crucified. Yes. But Paul says that we crucify the flesh. We, we say no to our conveniences, and we say yes to what God is calling us to do in the opportunity to love someone. I hope you're ready. Nice catch. Nice catch. That was a long toss. Man, I should have played softball, you know? Anybody ever played softball growing up? Right? I used to play softball with Danielle, but she called it hardball. She'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it'd like hit my hand, and I'd be like, ow. But then I tried to act tough because I was trying to date her. That was great. Galatians says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Everybody say love. So you got to show that love intentionally is what I'm saying. Intentionally. Somebody say Intentionally. So the Holy Spirit fills us with this love, and I want to say it's the Spirit's work. You can't convince yourself to display the fruit of the Spirit. You have to spend time with the Spirit. Right? Because the Spirit puts this seed in you of God's love. You're enjoying friendship with God, friendship with Jesus. You're opening the Bible in the morning. And as you're doing this, the spirit now, like Paul said, is no longer me who lives, but I who, not no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Come on. So now you're producing the fruit without even trying. Now everywhere you go, you're blessing people. Everywhere you go. Let's see who's ready. Jimmy, you ready? You or Jack? Don't let, it, don't let it hit my sister. Lord knows Emily is not coordinated. <laughs> don't let that girl work on you at the dentist's office. <laughs> no. Here it comes. Nice cat. Oh, he dropped it. Oh, man. Come on now. There's the fake catch. <laughs> he did the fake. He does the same thing in volleyball, by the way. <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> Number three, love remains. I want to say this is my favorite part of the sermon, and I'm so sad that time is running out, but that's okay. Here we go. Love remains. Guys, here's what the Bible says. When miracles stop, love remains. I'm trying to summarize two chapters in one. Here we go. When miracles stop, love remains. When the finances dry up, 
love remains. How many guys realize there are times when the miracle you're praying for doesn't happen right now? And then yet you realize after some deep soul searching and time with Jesus, this doesn't change God's love for me. Come on. That there is honey in the rock. Right? That his love, and when you let that really settle in to who you are in your identity, your love can remain beyond anything happening in your life that is negative. You could have something absolutely be disappointing and yet your love remain. Because he who's planted by the streams of living water will what? Will produce fruit. His leaves will remain green in every season. And I'm believing that for you, Rock of Grace. Your leaves are gonna remain green in every season. I want you to think about Jesus and his disciples. For three years, they had the time of their lives. How could it get any better for the disciples? Right? Imagine you're Peter, James, and John, and you're walking with Jesus, and he's healing people. Luke, are you awake? Are you ready? Hope you're ready. Nice catch. So they're seeing the fruit of the Spirit, just like that surprised you. They're walking with Jesus, and there's times that he heals somebody, and they're like, I was not ready for that. That guy's been lame his whole life. And they're walking with Jesus. But then what does he say? It will be better for you that I go. It'll be better for you that I go. Because then I'm going to send the Spirit. Why is he going to send the Spirit? Please connect these two. So that you can display the power of the Spirit in the fruit of the Spirit. So you can pray for someone to receive a miracle so that you can show them God's love. Come on, let me say it again. You can pray for someone to receive a miracle in the power, the gifts of the Spirit, so that they experience God's love. I know, this is like the Mary Poppins bag. There's actually 10,000 in there. I could just keep all day. No, that's the last one. But seriously, you're able to show the fruit of the Spirit. And people's life, and I want to tell you, there's a lot of people, like all people, who need to experience the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Do you know there's times I encourage someone at the store or at the bank, and they just soak it in? Have you ever seen that when you just tell someone, hey, you did a great job today? It's like, I did? They're, they're, people are, are, right, needing love. They're living. A, a lot of hard things are going on in people's lives, and you have the opportunity to show the fruit of the Spirit, to, to provide that refreshment in the middle of their wilderness. Amen? He told, Jesus told them all these amazing things that would sometimes stop. And it's funny how our human minds work. We go back to what we know. And stop trusting the Spirit. The disciples went back to fishing. They went back to their trades. But you have to understand that even if you feel like the miracles are stopped, your fruit can remain. You know what I'm saying? 
the fruit of the Spirit. It will always cause you, hear me, to be childlike, not childish. Let me say it again. The fruit of the Spirit will cause you to be childlike, not childish. And a lot of arguments and dissensions happen in the church. And trust me, as a pastor, I get sent articles of this, that, and this, and that. And sometimes people just need to talk to and talk through something. And, and much of the time, it, it's based on something that's just like, man, let's just zoom out for a minute. You know, let's just, what, what if you, right, in this, in this scenario, thought about their need and the way they feel? What if you let the Spirit birth some fruit out of your life in this scenario? Then you're not going to remain mad at them. You'll actually come to a place where you say, I understand. I can understand why you would feel that way. Come on, I'm trying to help your marriage. I'm trying to help your relationships that are, that are frayed. If you, if you say, Holy Spirit, birth the fruit of the Spirit in my life, then in those tough conversations and in those times when you feel angry, the Holy Spirit will say, stop the text, back up, back up, delete. Or change that complaint to a fruit. Amen? Last thing I want to say is this. This is something I did with our leaders a while back, and then I did it with our, our uh, leadership team here recently. I gave them all a hat called the guest hat. All right? The guest hat. Who wants to be my guest? Let's be close. Ray, you want to be my guest? I'm voluntold. Want to be voluntold? Come on up here for just a second. You can just stand right here. Put that, put that on for just a second. This is our guest. Now, he's not our, actually our guest. He <laughs> serves here all the time. Do you know Ray serves in the nursery too? Come on, put your hands together. You know, he serves nonstop, but we're going to pretend that he's a guest, okay? So this is a guest. Dude, you're wearing, you're just, I like that. It's like a Fresh Prince of Bel-Air look. That was, I did not expect that. There we go. That's rural Ohio. Okay. <laughs> okay. And, okay. There we go. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. So he's our guest. What happens with a lot of times when a guest comes into a church, they don't know anybody, right? And they're like, oh, I don't even know, man. And then they walk into a church like this, and there's like, whoa, there's more people here than I was expecting. And why are they shouting? Why are they clapping, you know? Why is that person on the ground, you know? Somebody call 911. Like, there's, you know, you have to realize that's new to them. It's very new. Everybody say New. It's very new. They're a guest. So what do we want to do with the guests? We want to make sure we welcome them. I felt, I felt like if there's ever a sermon when I could include this into the sermon, it would be today. Um, when a guest comes to the door, when somebody you don't know comes in the door, that's the time. Do I have one more? <laughs> this is the Mary Poppins basket. It's like a million in there. Um, display the fruit of the Spirit to that guest. Amen. That's an opportunity for someone that is seeking God. They're, they're starting to look. Is God starting to talk to them? 
I mean, they, they came through the doors of the church. That means they're desiring to know God or about God. You have the opportunity now to be the person that shows them fruit. Now, if you just walk by them, you don't shake their hand, you don't introduce yourself, they're not feeling the fruit of the Spirit. And they may like the music and they may like the sermon, but can I tell you what keeps them in the family of God is you. Amen? It's you displaying the fruit of the Spirit. It's you saying, hey, will you come over to my house? Now, ironically, Ray does really, really good at this. He's always, he and Nicole are always inviting people over their house, including people, friend, befriending, sincere love. But let's, let's just say that every time a guest comes through this door, I'm, I, I'm just asking as your pastor to help me love them. Show them the fruit of the Spirit. Amen? The fruit of the Spirit. I'll take that hat back unless you want to wear it sideways. Okay, cool. Love you, buddy. Just bow your heads with me. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for a day in your house, in your presence. And wow, God, just the, the warmth of your love that we felt in the worship time. Lord, it was just almost tangible. We still sense your presence here even now. Thank you that you're teaching us, God. You're lovingly convicting us this morning of what we needed to hear. God, forgive us for the times we've said we'll pray for you and we never prayed. We just went about our business. Help us, Jesus, to show sincere love. Can we all stand to our feet? Can we pray this together? Say, God, help me. Show sincere love. Say, God, help me. Put your spirit in me so that I bear the fruit of the spirit. So when I'm tempted to be angry, I'm patient. When I'm tempted to be mad, I'm kind. Father, help me be who you are. Have your characteristics, the fruit of your spirit, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.